This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Going beyond the box score and the diamond. This is the show with the latest news and information on your hometown nine and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Prove is with you today from Phoenix. We thank you for joining us on our Sunday show. And our guest on the show today is Twins manager Rocco Baldelli. And Rock, before we get too far along, today marks your first Father's Day. And happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. But for you, Father's Day number one, as your baby girl, Louisa, was born uh, late last season. And today is your first Father's Day. Enjoying it so far? I'm really enjoying it. It's making me smile a lot today. Um, it's pretty cool to have your own day like this. Um, and uh, makes me think about my dad, too, a lot. And uh, he's obviously uh, been a huge part of everything that I've um, ever done, baseball and otherwise. And I uh, was able to connect with him briefly this morning, and we'll call him again later. But uh, big day over here. Pretty nice day. We've got a lot of fathers in the clubhouse. Yeah. Your dad, uh, Dan Rocky, he uh, has been a guest on our show and our, in our pregame show, joining Danny uh, a few weeks ago, and they had a great conversation. And for those that, that don't get the privilege to, to visit your office at Target Field, you have been breaking in a glove for your daughter, Louisa, now pretty much all season long. Making progress? I'm making slow progress. I don't uh, get on the field for uh, enough um, as much as I used to, really, but it's a nice glove, and it's actually going to be my glove. It's going to be uh, it's a big outfielder's glove. Um, and they asked uh, what name I wanted on the glove. They said, do you want your name? I said, no, no, no. I said, uh, uh, how about my daughter's name? And they said, absolutely. That's very nice. As you have time with your daughter, do you ever just talk about the game or about the team and just say, hey, you have no idea what's going on, but we won today, and Byron Buxton hit two home runs, and we went back to back to back. Do you ever find yourself just kind of talking shop and talking baseball with your baby girl? It's funny you say that. That's Allie. Al, Allie's at home doing that, watching the games with the baby every day and talking to the baby about what's going on. And um, Luis has watched a lot of Twins action already this year, and I, I think she's digging it. So uh, when I get home, we do we do other stuff. We're, we're playing with her toys instead of uh, talking about all the fun stuff that I get to do. Well, Twins won last night, won for the first time against the National League team, convincingly 11-1. to and, and we were chatting as the series began. Is this marked the first time that the Twins were playing interleague play in a National League setting without the pitcher hitting? When the game made this adjustment that the DH became universal, were you a fan? Oh, I, I was a fan. I thought this was um, just in my head. And I'm coming from an American League background, so I don't have the uh, – the, uh, the same nostalgia or connection to the National League game that I think a lot of people and fans and uh, baseball guys do. So all that being said, um, as the uh, you know, rule was being changed, I was kind of, you know, 
ready. I was kind of fist pumping a little bit. I thought it would really help us, uh, help us out a lot. With our planning, too, and just the way the season goes, um, you really want some consistency. It's been really hard, I think, on National League teams who've had to deal with this and go back and forth and, and play teams with DHs and things like that. But I thought it was something that was good for the game. Uh, I thought it was good on, on the injury side. I thought it was good on the action side. I thought there were a lot of positives uh, with just everyone having a DH and being able to plan with an offseason of knowing that. Just in casual conversation, have any of your pitchers ever just kind of muttered and said, boy, I wouldn't mind hitting today? Anybody miss hitting on the pitching side? Well, he's not playing right now, but Kenta Maeda is, I think, deeply upset with the uh, rule change, and he's still going to be ready. And to be very honest, if, uh, you know, stuff ever hit the fan and we're, we're sitting, uh, uh, you know, out there and, and we run out of players or we have a couple guys get hurt or something like that, um, he might actually be a guy that you would send up there to have an at-bat. Uh, he's, he's always ready, so he's probably been hitting BP, even though he's rehabbing his elbow. He's probably been taking a few swings uh, with this in the back of his mind because this is something that he's always ready for and planning for i'm thinking back to, to maybe 2020 but did you ever use him as a pinch runner i feel like there was an occasion where he came in maybe in a in an extra inning game a wild long game didn't you summon kenta to pinch run once i think he scored the winning run or the tying run in, in one of these games at at one point um yeah, we had a, there was a stretch there where we had a lot going on, and uh, some of it's a little bit of a blur to me right now, but um, I think I, I, we did tell him, we gave him an inning to get loose and, and get ready and get his cleats on, and uh, he lives for that kind of stuff. And um, speaking to Kenta while we're talking about him, he, he's doing pretty well, and we're still uh, hoping that things continue to progress, and uh, maybe we see him out there on the mound later on this year. I think it'd be a great... Uh, Pick me up. He's been working very hard, and obviously he's really good at what he does. So it wouldn't be too bad to see him out on the mound sometime. Would it be, though, in just a bullpen capacity if he does come back and pitches this year? You know what? That's a question that even we are thinking about and, and trying to figure out. Um, there's, we don't know enough. He's still a long way. Uh, away from any you know any decisions being made as far as what role he would be in but uh, it does feel like bringing um, him back for something like uh, an inning to two uh, or maybe three would be a little bit easier than building him up and, and having him out there throwing 90 or 100 pitches. Now, speaking of injuries Trevor McGill was placed on the injured list today and Kyle Garlick is back off his rehab assignment from AAA first with McGill when did the injury first pop up? Uh, it's something that he has been kind of battling for the last week. Um, he made his last outing. His velo was a little bit down. Uh, his command was okay. He kind of muscled through the outing. Uh, I don't know exactly how many pitches he threw, maybe about 15. Um, but when he was done, uh, him and Wes got together, and he mentioned that his shoulder was, was bothering him a little bit. And what we did was we, we kind of gave him a little more time, let him play catch. We talked again. And it was something that wasn't really improving quick enough uh, for us to want to put him in a game uh, yesterday or today. So all that being said, we had to make a call. And we're going to go down to the uh, the 13 pitchers uh, a day early. So uh, we're going to bring Garlic back. And uh, I think it works fine, especially with the outing that we got from Bundy. We didn't have to use our bullpen. And uh, not having McGill didn't really hurt us. Yeah, the bullpen, I mean, your top guys in, in good shape to, to pitch here today behind Archer. When you look back at how the series has played out, and Dylan gave you the deepest start of any. Any twin starter so far this season last night, Rock? An, an amazing outing. Um, he went out there, and he's been working on some things, and he's been really craving, I think, an outing like that. Um, but, I mean, how efficient with strike throwing can you be? I mean, his uh, 
his, his off-speed stuff, um, his split, uh, you know, they were probably next level. They were, they were you know, as good as we've seen from him, and he, and he kept it. He kept it for the full eight innings. Uh, he made you want to send him out there for the ninth and let him go out there and get the complete game. He had thrown, you know, well over 100 pitches at that point, but, uh, my God, very, very impressive from Dylan Bundy. You know, we asked Dylan on the postgame show last night. His pitch count was at 107. He has three career complete games, and he's a veteran. He had nine days between starts, so we asked him, did, did you ever go over to Rocco and West and say, hey, I know my pitch count is high, but a complete game is rare. He said no. He was totally fine with, with coming out when he did. But would you have given him, if a veteran like him came over and said, hey, Rock, I want to finish this game, would he have gotten that opportunity last night? Uh, he may not have. He may, he may not have. Um, you know, there's really, there was probably no need for uh, anyone really to go out there and throw 125, 130 pitches just to say we, we threw a complete game. What, what we can say, though, is that uh, he was a winning pitcher, and he had an excellent, excellent outing out there uh, and put us in a spot where, you know, he gets us in a good place going forward. We're coming up with a, a big series uh, next week. Um, we do have an off day before that, but we have a big series against Cleveland, uh, and then we have a lot of games in a row. And just being able to kind of reset your bullpen with an outing like that is fantastic. It was his 50th career win last night. Twins won the game 11-1. to Today they look for the series win beyond Chris Archer. We'll take a break, come back, talk more with Rocco Baldelli next. Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer continues next on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Rocco Baldelli Twins. The Diamondbacks coming up in just a bit. Rubber game of this series. And this series also marked the return. Rocco of Alex Kirilov and last night hit the ball hard, had his first extra base hit all year. And that swing brought us back to visions of Alex last year, but something that he was doing on a regular basis, right, down to AAA? Yeah, he uh, he went, and when he was uh, showing up in uh, St. Paul, um, I can't say he was feeling probably his best. Um, that's both mentally, that's probably his wrist a little bit, um, and just figuring out just where to get his swing, where he, you know how to get it where he needs it. And um, we wanted him to go get at bats. We kept saying that over and over again. He did. He went down um, and really settled in, and I think found himself, and is is really swinging the bat recently. Um, as well as you could ever expect. If we remember, when AK got hurt originally, he was probably our best hitter, if not, you know, if not amongst a group of, you know, a couple of guys that were really swinging it. He was driving the ball to all fields. Uh, he was a very dangerous major league hitter, and that, that's what he's capable of. And I think he's back to that really good place right now, and we got a chance to see it last night. That was a huge hit. We needed to really break that game open early, and, and he did. He did that. With the state of the roster right now, and specifically the injury to Jorge Polanco, does Alex slot in in one spot defensively more than any other? Um, you know, when we're down one of our regular infielders and we're moving Louis around a little bit more um, to play some second base, uh, I do think we could find AK playing a little bit more first base than maybe we would otherwise. But this is why we like having the versatility in our players. This is why we spend all the time getting them prepared 
to play infield, to play corner outfield, uh, for, for Louie to bounce around at two or three different places, uh, and for Nick to be able to bounce around in different places. Being able to do that doesn't just take care of yourself and give you versatility. When you have two or three guys that can do that, it allows all of those other players to play in different spots. So um, the more guys that you have that can move around, kind of like AK can do, uh, the more functional you're going to be and the better lineups you can put together. Is Trevor Larnick not moving around defensively as much as maybe you envisioned when the lockout ended and camp opened up with the way that he has played defensively among the better defensive outfielders right now in the game with him and Buck and Kepler? That's a strength with this team. So is he pretty much your almost everyday left fielder right now? Well, I really like the way that Trevor plays left field. Um, the adjustment and... The improvement that he's made in left field over the last year or two has been very noticeable. Uh, it's been very noticeable on you know the, the the metrics and everything that you can look at that that tell you uh, the things that that are hard to see with your eyes, but also your eyes tell you that he's playing the position very very well, very confidently. He's closing on balls good. His routes are good. Um, he's throwing the ball better. We he's made a lot of different uh, changes in a positive way in his game, but he's done it through hard work. He is a worker. He is not a guy that's going to ever. Um, not put the time in. If you suggest something to him and show him the way, he will do the work. So uh, he's a good left fielder at this point and a guy that I like putting out there because I do think he brings defensive value. Byron Buxton is back in the lineup today. He's in center field as the Twins look to win this series. And with Byron and, and the injury history that he has had, we've talked about this many, many times, the bulk of his injuries in the past have been just kind of fluke things, running into a wall, shoulder, getting hit by a pitch, hand, getting hit in the head, concussion, things you can't control. But with the knee injury he's dealing with right now, would you call this chronic? And if so, how have you had to manage this one differently because – this is not a fluke thing. This has been something he's been dealing with really from spring training. Yeah, it's more of a chronic type of issue than a lot of the other things that you see in the game. Not even just the things that Bucks dealt with, but uh, you know, this is not one of those. He got he got hit. We know what we're dealing with. We can take care of it. It'll heal very quickly, and um, he'll be better in three weeks or something along those lines. That's not what this is. This is something that. We are going to have to fight through. We are going to have to be smart about. We are going to have to find ways to keep him on the field to get the most at-bats possible. Um, and it's not always an easy call. These decisions on a day-to-day -day basis um, are challenging because he's one of the best players in baseball, and you really want him out there every single game. But if he plays uh, four games in a row, five games in a row, there's a chance that he goes, uh, puts himself in a spot where he is not able to play for a while. Uh, when I say a while, we don't know what that means. That could mean a few days. That could mean more than that. So we don't even want to, uh, you know, get to that point. We would like to, to keep uh, at this good, steady pace of playing, of getting a lot of at-bats a week. If that's DH's uh, DH at-bats, so be it. If there are at-bats with him playing in the field, that's even better. I'd really, you know, love that too. So um, every series is different. We're going to treat... Uh, him and we're going to look at the environment we're going to you know for instance we're here right now in phoenix uh, we're talking about a very hard fast turf um, a field where people not even sure what spikes to wear when they're out there on the on the field so it's a challenging big ballpark um, and one that's hard on people's bodies that's why he's going to play one game in the field this series but hopefully he's going to play more as the week goes on and these are the decisions that we make every day 
Larnick, Buxton, Kepler, and even Gordon or Celestino, the outfielders, have, have they been instructed to play deeper in the series because of the size of this ballpark and maybe the odd bounces that, that, they, that an outfielder has to deal with if the ball lands in the turf? Um, yeah, the bigger the ballpark, I, naturally um, you end up being pushed back a little bit more. Uh, it's not just the size of the outfield here, and this is a big outfield, and the ball carries pretty good here. It's actually the speed of the outfield. The ball just does not slow down. It almost feels like it speeds up as it hits the turf. So if a ball gets hit uh, fairly hard or very hard and it hits that turf, you got to take these deep angles to really uh, – find ways to uh, to cover more ground. But yes, the guys are going to play a tick deeper than they normally would, and I think there's there's no real way around that. Um, and so uh, having Buck out there, though, um, regardless of where you're playing, I think will help all of our guys uh, cover their ground and, and be able to successfully navigate this place. Chris Archer gets the ball here today. He had a couple of starts. We went five innings, and then last time I think only went four. Well, what plays into that when you make those decisions, whether or not he goes back out for the fifth or even the sixth, at this point in his buildup for a guy that, that basically had no spring training? Yeah, the biggest part is watching him, watching how he's going about his outing. Yes, the pitch count does definitely matter, but it's more how does he feel. It's more talking to the player um, and, and getting with Arch. And Wes does a lot of that. I'll do that occasionally during the game. But Wes will have constant uh, communication with him. Um, and that's honestly what it comes down to. Uh, a little bit will also be what his last outing was. Um, how went, how long he went, how we kind of recovered through the week. So we kind of factor all those things in, balance it out, and uh, and just see what he's capable of once we get to that fourth-ish uh, inning point in the game, and then we can make some calls. Right, we'll take our final break on our Sunday show. When we come back, something that will be in place next week and moving forward is that teams will be capped at 13 pitchers. The Twins essentially already there now with McGill out and Garlig up. We'll get Rocco's thoughts on that and what this means for the Twins' starting staff now with only 13 pitchers on the roster. That topic we discuss next on your home for Twins baseball. Final segment of Inside Twins brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Corey Provis back with Rocco Baldelli. Uh, we talked about this in the opening segment a little bit with Garlic here and McGill on the IL. You're back to 13 pitchers and are at 13 pitchers. You've been at 14, been at 15 when the rules allowed for that earlier in the season. But now, starting Monday, everybody has to cap their pitchers at 13. This has been extended for a couple of months. Uh, in the end, did you think it would have been extended more, or did you think this day eventually was going to happen? It's a day that we weren't uh, anyone in the game we weren't looking forward to, but um, we're here. And we knew it was coming, and we knew it was something that we were eventually going to have to uh, deal with, and I think ultimately we'll be fine. I'm actually really happy that uh, we were able to get through the first couple months of the season. We were able to build these guys up and get them to a pretty good point physically, uh, meaning our starters. And then, um, uh, you know, this move was coming, uh, and then we can let them go a little bit further now. So that's kind of where we're at right now, and uh, ultimately we're fine with it. Will this be ha well now? I guess a part of it is that if a starter doesn't have it, and the luxury of hey, we we might be down five or six runs in the second or third inning, will you, will you be more inclined to keep that guy out there just because you just can't blow up your pen right with with thirteen and then have to play maybe seventeen more games in a row? Yeah, you really um, you really can't you really can't just rip the starter out of the game. 
uh, because you know he's struggling a little bit or the score is not going in your favor or anything like that. And uh, I'm sure there are a few people out there that know that that's kind of the way we've operated anyway. Um, some of the longer starts pitch count wise that some of our starters have had have actually been in games we've been down, um, not, not just games that were up. So that's kind of something we're used to. I think our guys are prepared for that, but it is true. And we're going to have to lean on these guys to go out there and, and pitch, give us innings, give us pitches, um, because we can't just have our, our, our bullpen guys covering more and more innings with, with a fewer, uh, with one less guy down there. A couple of pitchers I, I've not asked you about in a while. Josh Winder is one. He's made a couple of rehab starts with the Saints. What's next for him? Uh, Josh is going to throw a pen today, and uh, we're going to talk. <laughs> we're going to figure out just exactly um, where we're at. He's doing real well. He's throwing the ball well. He's, his velo's back up. He was mid-90s with the fastball last outing. Um, so it'll be good to get him back when the time comes. So we're going to decide in the next uh, couple of days just what his next outing is going to look like, whether it's in the big leagues or whether it's in the minors. What about Bailey Ober? Uh, Bailey Ober is in his catch play uh, progression right now. We've had to take him a little bit slower. Um, that groin type injury that he's been kind of battling on and off now for a while uh, is something that um, we don't necessarily uh, – have an answer to except for that we're going to build him up a little bit slower this time and hopefully he can come back and be fine. Looking back, was it just rushing him back too soon from the previous injury that he had? You know, I actually don't think that's what it was. We had a pretty good plan with him the first time around. Uh, he, he came back. He was at 100%. I actually sat him down in my office on the couch and said, Bailey, did you get back to 100% or is this something that you've been kind of still dealing with uh, and kind of maybe not talking about? He said, I was fine. He goes, I was 100%. I went out there. I made my outing. And at the very, towards the end of the outing, I felt it again. I said, okay. I said, I, I appreciate the honesty. So that's really what he's been dealing with. But, um, you know, we're starting to get our guys back. Our rotation is starting to look uh, stronger, more like itself. And when we get Josh Winder back, that'll be another uh, step for our uh, staff. And then uh, we can talk about Bailey Ober probably a little bit behind that. And Luis Arise feeling better in the lineup today? Uh, Louis is feeling better, I think. I haven't personally talked to him, but the way that we kind of operate is when we have guys that we want out there, like Louis right now, uh, we put him in the lineup, and when he wakes up, he lets us know. So if he comes in and he is still really sick, because he was pretty sick yesterday, um, he'll just come into the office and tell me, and then we can go from there. Thanks for the time. Good luck today. Thank you, Corey. Rocco Baldelli, Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. We take a break. Chris's pregame is next on your home for Twins Baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.